And we're back. Making the Cut with Corbin Trev. Episode 21. April showers equals KO power. Because of all the gnarly KOs. Oh, man. What an event that was on Saturday night, huh, man? It was crazy. It was, it, I, people have been talking. They, they haven't really seen a card like that where it was just kadoosh, kadoosh, and, and well, you know, there's some. Well, you know, and not just like from viewing from a television, but people haven't actually seen that in person since the pandemic. Right. Or at least in the United States. Right. So first first sellout crowd, full crowd at UFC 261 or 262. Excuse me. 262. Uh, no, you were 261. Right. 261. Yeah, 261. We're talking about 262 on this yeah. episode as well, but that'll be yes. here in a little bit. But before we get into all of that stuff, man, what's new with you? Dude, I wish I had something crazy new to say, but I, I don't have anything crazy new. It, the weather's been glorious enough to get outside of yeah. doing the old spring cleaning and trying to you know try we're doing the little stretch the legs right around the neighborhood a little there bit you go. go down to the the river or the park or whatever yeah so i i think you know we we took that vacation well we we went on vacation we went to texas yeah yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know if we've talked about that since you, since you went so, so how was how was, was the amazing. trip yeah. it was great and couldn't have asked for better weather. There was not, I mean, Texas is kind of in the news a lot lately, but where we were in South Padre Island, there was nobody there. It was before spring break, um, the spring break rush or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was, so they didn't have to deal with all of us like former hooligans. Like <laughs> yeah, we would have exactly. been like, you know, 10 years ago or something like that. Dude. Yeah. It's, it's crazy just, to say that now, right? <laughs> it's weird to say that. Speaking of which, I believe you and your wife have a birthday coming up, don't you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, the fifth and the fifteenth of May. Man, and then who's yeah. Senko de Mayo? Kendra. Kendra Senko de Mayo. Okay. Yeah, she's older than me by ten days. <sighs> she's a cradle robber. I know, a little cradle robber there. <laughs> but it May's an intense month because it's her mom's birthday on the twelfth, and Mother's Day. Mother's Day's in there. So oh man, it's a, it's a, it's it's unfortunate, is what it is, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard someone talk about it like that. But you know what? As I get older, I uh, sometimes feel that way too. Um, a single, you know, not, a single tear is falling down his yeah. cheek. Right? <laughs> not, not completely, but like I get it. Where like you just you get so caught up with all the stuff in life, right? There's and, so much going on, and there's just a ton of stuff going on. Something every weekend, or just like planned so far in advance for. Like, I feel my, my wife has something going on literally every week and weekend through the, in the entire month of May. And I, I'm just like, I feel bad for her a little bit yeah. because, you know, part of it's like trips with, you know, some of the girls for like fun stuff. Yeah. But then there's like planning for like bridal showers and then baby showers and just ah, all the responsible the, fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then obviously she's involved with planning. And so. I'm just thinking to myself, man, some, sometimes I'm glad I'm a man. Yeah. You know? Yes. Just sometimes. <laughs> just sometimes. Not all the time, but you know. Pretty much all the time. Uh, <laughs> pretty much all the time. Yeah. So you, you, what are you, what, are you guys going to do anything to celebrate? I think there's a, oh, isn't there like a big card that weekend or something? There is. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm honestly toying with the idea of escaping my family and going to Bellingham by myself. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know though. There you go. I always have extreme guilt for the children. <laughs> <laughs> so, which you can't 
you, you can't let those little bastards rule your life. But, <laughs> but they freaking, you do feel bad. They, you know, they, they want to go. They don't understand why too. they can't go with you. They're yeah. probably at that age, right? Which, and I'm, and I'm, I don't mind. Like they're really good troopers. I'll throw them in the back of the car and they'll go with me. Right. And they're, and right. they're not right. bad. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, it, it's just kind of one of those things. Like, do you bring everybody? Do you just bring the kids? Let the gal get a weekend on her own to relax. Do you leave the kids and I get a weekend on my own to relax? Like, right, what do you do? Right, yeah. What do you do? But yeah. um, at the end of the day, it'll all work out. It'll be a lot of fun. And there is a big card. I mean, that's 262, right? Yeah. That we're going to get. Do you want to talk MMA first? Is that what we're going to get to? Uh, but before, yeah. But before that, though. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll get into it here in a few. How are you doing? Oh, dude, I'm great. Yeah. I'm great. Yeah. Good. Life is good, man. Just busy with work and life. Wife and I did a little refi on the home. So yeah. adult things, bro. Adult stuff. Yep. Getting into camping season coming up oh, here. I'm actually right. taking the trailer up to the property this weekend. Excellent. Try to get it all ready to go for the season or at least situated up there. That's so awesome. My dad and I are going to pull it up there to, on Saturday and uh, stay the night, hang out with some of the other family members that'll be up there on Carly's side. But still uh, a little cold. Still a little cold. It's a little chilly. It's supposed to be warming up on Thursday, Friday. Saturday, it kind of cools back down, but it'll still be like a 65 degree day. And granted, up there, you know, there's usually about a five to yeah. 10 degree swing. Although, when I looked at the weather report, it does look like it's still going to be, you know, 65, around 65 up there and, and partially. You know, partly sunny, partly cloudy. I'm sure there'll probably be a rain cloud that rolls in here, here, yeah. there. But yeah, it should be pretty good weather for the most part. And only like 46 overnight, so it'll get chilly, but it's enough. Gotcha. You know, it's not like freezing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's definitely tolerable. Yeah, yeah. It's it's getting to be the the warmer part of the year and fishing season. Gosh, I haven't been fishing in like, well since january i think the last time i went which is crazy to think about that i even went in january like it was yeah. way, too, way too cold then but you know, <laughs> it's just part of the i guess this, that is part of the the thing the 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 addiction of it yeah know? yeah um, you don't notice the cold but uh yeah so fishing season should get rolling here i'll probably be you know out there as much as i can with the you know the weather the, the levels kind of lowering on a weekly basis and trying to get to that like peak level peak kind of peak fishing season up there so yeah oh i got something i have to show you oh awesome i i don't know why i hadn't showed you this when you first showed up show and tell so all all that uh all that march madness had me realize that i hadn't bought a great pair of basketball shoes in a while all right all right so i uh looked for a really good deal and got these Joel Embiid ones, bro. Ooh, oh, I like. And those, no one, man. no one can see them right now because this is a podcast <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. doesn't doesn't have audio video or doesn't have video. Like them. so, my point here is, is uh, now I have to put them to really good use, and uh, we should go. Yes, shoot some hoops. We absolutely should. Some here, sometime, sometime soon. But yeah, man. Other than that, yeah, life is good. Uh, staying busy with work and, you know, trying to get stuff around. I've been trying to get stuff done around the house, too, just like you have. Yeah, the old, the old season, yeah. the spring cleaning season. Man, I know we've talked about it a couple times already, but this last weekend's 
UFC 261 card was just absolutely nuts, man. What a way for for uh, the crowd, the crowd there, get to just there. get get back into seeing live fights. Like that Jacksonville crowd probably was just so pumped up, slash probably almost shocked. Yeah, in a bad way, you know. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, if that was your first time ever going to a UFC event, because your buddy's like, "Hey man, you got to come check this thing out. It's kind of cool." And you saw what happened, you probably would be like, "Oh my God! Yeah, I'm these good. people are trying to kill each other." Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, and, and then some of the some of the weird injuries. It was like, "Oh, oh man. my God! I don't want to watch this. If this is common." Yeah. It's but, crazy too, because the week before. The fight night, every single fight ended in a decision. Right. And then every single fight on this <laughs> right. on this main card for tick two sixty one ended in a TKO. Which or is, KO. Which is so funny, the balance of things like it's that. It's weird. The world works in weird ways. And we'll talk about a little bit about that in one of the fights that we'll highlight. But okay. yeah. um yeah, man, it it started off with a Anthony Smith's victory over Jim Jimmy Crute. That was a tough fight to pick, man. Dude, um, it was. I I kept going back and forth and like, man, Crute's on the come up. He's yep. he's he's got serious knockout power and he's pretty good on the ground too. Um he's he's snapped off some submissions before. I'm like, you're going against Ooh. one of the greatest like probably light heavyweights from a, you know, well-rounded like submission standpoint of of all time, like yep. Anthony's no joke when he's on his back. He can easily submit somebody too, um, or just on the ground. But yeah, that was crazy. He kicked him in the leg, and, and that and was then that. like it was so strange how that happened. His then all of a sudden his ankle just like went like it was almost like it went numb or it dislocated his ankle somehow or something something disconnected from his knee that holds things together down there too. I, I don't know if it was a ligament of some sort that runs down the side of the leg, if it was like his LCL and that just caused everything to like not everything to just start kind of rolling around or whatever. But well, we could, and we couldn't find what it, they didn't tell us online what it ultimately was. Yeah. Either. If you go back and try to find anything on like an injury update, it's, and I'm not too surprised because you know, this early on, they might not disclose that type of stuff, or make uh, the, just for the he might not want to disclose it either for the sake of hey, I, whoever I fight next, I don't want to give them an edge of knowing what like actually happened. That's a good point. How they can attack that same area again. <laughs> so no, that's true. I mean, well, that didn't that happen in a in an obvious way with like Bisping that that's how one of the reasons kelvin was able to ko him is he's going after his right. blind side right so it's like yeah sneaky devil yeah the more you know man yeah it's I a mean, mental sport too yeah why why not why not so um what uh we got we, the three championship fights trev give me your give me your your feelings towards them how'd you how'd you feel about Oh, you know, I mean, one one of them was kind of like you knew what was gonna happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Shevchenko did her thing. Yep. Wrestled the the Jesus out of Andrade, but yeah, yeah. Um, I actually called that fight perfectly. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Shevchenko TKO second round. So, oh, nice. I'm sure there's probably a few other few other people within our fantasy league that that did I'm the same, about. but it. Um, I was, you know. 
she's just one of those one of those fighters that you can't pick against. It's really tough to pick yeah. against her and her success. Um, there's just no one that has rivaled it, with the exception of maybe Amanda Nunez. I had to go with her, even though you know, seeing Andraj, she's she's had a lot of success, and she didn't she pick up Rose and drop dropped her dropped, dropped her on her head. So like she's capable of of pulling stuff off herself, but um. Yeah, this was uh it, for me it was pretty expected. Um yeah. I did think that there was a possibility that Andrade could like hang in there and maybe turn it into a decision fight, but I don't know. When when Valentina just pours it on, she pours it on, man, and it's just you, there it's just only a matter of time. Yeah. She yeah. just strings everything together yeah. perfectly. Whereas like if you transitioning and not to like cut you off there no, cuz I, I want to hear what you have to say, but like I would say that that her she's a little different in her approach. It was wor- compared to like a Whaley Zhang, who I feel like would wear you down for five rounds. Right. She'll just outbox you. She's tough enough. I Move mean, she's, forward. she she moves forward, always moving forward. And we'll get to that fight here and how that finished in, in a bit. But I, I just think she's there's a there's a difference there. Like Whaley would be someone who would push through like a five round fight whereas i think if valentina can finish it as quickly as possible she will she's yeah she's she will and yeah and i i'm one of those guys in league i actually remember i picked the same as you Mm -hmm. and i and i thought by the second round she's gonna have whatever she needed figured out right and that'll be that yeah so and i was thinking more of like like uh when she got her in a crucifix and just elbowed the bejesus mm-hmm. out of her face i was thinking more of like head kick like shevchenko when she finished jessica eye style mm. like just yeah no 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 goodbye yeah we're sending you home now yeah i mean this was equally this was like dc on vulcan Oldsmere crucifix finish you know yeah which is it's a it's a brutal way to get finished like it's yeah. the, not only is it humiliating but severe opportunity to cut you up right you know yeah it is not a fun position no and I, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I've ever really been that. in that position before, but uh, it, yeah. it doesn't look like I would really enjoy that much no. at all. And I, and I appreciate it when they stop the fights on that, right? you know, because it's like... There's no opportunity. No, and when people... All there like, is is room for more error here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, the best case scenario is somehow you give your backup or something and they choke you out. Right. You know? Right, right. Because you're already mounted, essentially. Yep. Yeah, but the next the the co-main another women's championship fight. My comment about this is, it's like, who's gonna hold this belt in this division, dude? Yeah, because it's just yeah. like, is it is anybody have more than two, two um victories with the belt? Um, since Joanna gave it up to Rose the first time, mm-hmm. I know Joanna had plenty. Whaley defended twice. Up until this time, right? I thought she only had Andrade as her defense. Or, excuse me, um, Joanna as her defense. So we'd, she have took to, it, we'd have to go back she and... She took it from Andrade. Why doesn't they show... Why don't they show her? They're only showing me... Click, click on her again. Oh, there we go. One more time. Hmm. That's weird. You might be right. I Here's my question is... Do you think that there's any any reason why they wouldn't give 
Zang or rematch right away. No, I think I think you're. That's a good point for sure. Just because you beat Yolanda twice, right? Rose did. Yeah, beat Yolanda twice, and then Yolanda was basically oh. baptized by <laughs> by Zang by Zang Klingon style. Yeah, yeah, like pure on hematoma, cracked skull. Yeah, um, poor gal. Yeah, bless her heart. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just who else in that division, right away, can we? I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the rankings. You're right. I'll pull them up. We, we should probably pull them up to, to look through that and see if there's someone we think that would be worthy of, you know, a title shot right away against Rose next outside of Zhang. I, I'm thinking it's more of an immediate rematch situation, but yeah, you know, that's maybe one of those divisions where. Hey, the belt has changed hands. Let's, you know, see if see if we can give someone else an opportunity and You're Yep. I mean, I don't know who this is. Uh Jeanan, yeah. I'm very surprised. It's... Carla has a fight coming up, doesn't she? Maybe it's against uh this she just I think she just Oh no, I'm thinking Claudia Gadeja. I'm not sure what's going on. I thought Asparza had a fight coming up. Mackenzie Dern's climbing up. She just got a win. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're right. There's, like, (laughs) once you get past Mackenzie, who's obviously on the rise from five, you know, she could easily find herself up here maybe in the next couple years. But, yeah, I mean, you got Ioana, too. This Yan... Zian. Maybe is that who is Yan Yoana fighting someone else? Is this the who Yoana's fighting next? You could be right. I think because I thought she had a fight coming up here soon. I could be wrong though. Yep. Oh, Carla's fight. No, yeah, I was right. There Carla's fight. Yeah, Carla's fight. So the three and four are going to fight. And I would venture to guess that one of those is going to leapfrog. Probably Yoana to get a to to get a title shot. Either right. that, or they're going to make them fight Yoana, which is kind of. I, I know she's been part of the division for so long in the face of that and so much success, but um, you know she struggled as of recently, and I just think that that maybe the baton is yeah passed. maybe yeah I, I I don't know I'm not saying she's undeserving by any means absolutely not um it, the other question is. You said, um, and I'm clarifying here, and I'm trying to remember because sometimes my you and me both, brother. short-term memory is not great. Don't tell anybody. Um, but I don't you remember said what you said. Rose beat her twice. Uh, Joanna, yeah, because she took the belt and then she took the rematch. So, they, do they make trilogy fights once you've lost twice? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, what's the? Yeah, you know, unless it was like a. I don't know, maybe like a disqualification thing or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. See who uh, that, so that fight uh, in June, or excuse me, later on in May. I don't know. I think it's Jan Janan. Is that how you say it? Janan? Yeah. Jan Janan. And Carla Espar- 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 Winner of that probably is going to get 
you know, in line to potentially fight Rose here later this year if they don't give Whaley an immediate rematch. I tend to think that they'll give Whaley an immediate rematch. Probably in the interim, Mm -hmm. let this fight settle, give the winner maybe one more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've also noticed that, you know, these trilogy fights seem to be becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah, I thought that I thought that there was a chance, um, and I was dead wrong. That you know, there could be a, a, oh. a trilogy fight on the horizon again. Had Masvidal, you know, for your main event, been able to take care of business with uh, with uh, Usman, but Usman has undoubtedly made himself the baddest motherfucker on earth, dude. <laughs> he <laughs> he. he there is no doubting that whatsoever anymore. The Ever, man deserves yeah. all the respect in the world. He probably deserved it two years ago. Yeah, he's he's our new goat. He, yeah, I mean, you know, he or he's on his way. Yeah, goat candidacy has been. Confirmed. Dude, he's already he's already breaking records. Like he 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 very well be will he probably will become the best and greatest welterweight of all time. You know, I used to kind of hate on him because I thought he was cheesy. Um, he's real, but, but he's probably the real one of the realest motherfuckers in the UFC, dude. But yeah, once you see, once you watch him enough, you realize, like, mm-hmm. dude, this guy's that's it. He's the real deal. Like yeah. everything he does is is all by his own making. He does he, have some extravagant uh, get-ups when he arrives at the at, at, at the arena. But guess who? I, you know, who doesn't? We who watch. Doesn't it. look watch, at the NBA, yes, man. I was <laughs> just gonna say that. Look at Russell Westbrook on any. Away game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's okay. He's earned that right. He's the baddest yeah. mother planet. He can dress however he wants. And I think people make too big a deal about, like, how, how are they supposed to dress? Right. You know? Right. Like, what's the uniform? Right. For Am us I supposed all? to just walk in wearing sweatpants yeah. and a sweat, like, you know? Wear his fight kit from Venom. Right. Like, sweet, bud. Right. You can do that when you're on the undercard. I'm, I, <laughs> but, but not I'm, when you're the main I'm bank. sure Venom would love that. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, the oh, more airtime oh we get, God, the better. You know, like, but, yes. I, I think all that individual style and everything, like, I will say, Jesse at the gym brought it up the other day. It was actually kind of interesting. Like, there's a direct correlation with folks who dye their hair extravagant colors and their ability to like win Mm. and so you can say like some of that can be distracting like the way you get up and stuff right but he he's his his is very obvious he's very clearly not distracted right and he's he's a pretty straightforward person yeah yeah i guess the freedom to kind of be able to just sort of do that and not have to worry about it you know like or if it or if it fuels your fire a little more, you yeah. know, like some people just, you know, are very much in tune with how, how they look, present themselves and it makes them feel better. Right. Yeah. Operate differently. I think, I think everybody's to like that. Yeah. You know, we all uh, got, we've all got our own right. little routine. Yeah. There's just probably some people out there that they're give a f- factors busted at times. Yes. You know? Yes. And, um, and that's all right. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Not for everybody. I think, you know, showboating and, and drawing a crowd and building an audience and making fans, that's how those guys make their freaking bread. So, well, yeah. I mean, look how, like, if you go to, like, you know, boxing is a, yeah. And, and, and even not, not just boxing, but like 
Look at like the WWE. What did what made Ric Flair Ric Flair? Right. Walking around showboating in a robe that was bright blue, sparkles, feathers around it, like, you know. Being crazy. Yeah, being crazy. The flip side of that, what about like Jake the Snake Roberts? Ah, I like this python around my neck, you know, like hey, that's kind of weird, dude, now that I'm grown up and think about it like that, but, like, hey, you buddy. know, shit. I mean, he brought a cobra to the ring, and it bit Randy Savage one time. <laughs> you, know, so. you don't get that kind of entertainment without a crazy guy bringing a snake. Right, So right. Hector Camacho was, a, was an incredible boxer that had every crazy outfit in the world, and he just, he just loved... He just loved to be able to dress up and express himself that way. Yeah. I think it really got him ready for fights, too, yeah. you know? So, yeah. That was a little bit of a tangent. No, it's, I think it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like it all ties in together. Like, these guys have to, they've got to bring themselves to the freaking forefront. Mm-hmm. And everybody's paying attention. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. your opportunity. Like, totally. waste, don't waste it. Totally. Um, but. Back to the, I guess the fight, fight. It, I mean, anything, anything that you want to say about that first round? Because I mean, it wasn't much. Well, most of the second round had gone through. The first round, what, what did you think? Did you, did you have it pretty even? I, most folks had Usman. Yeah, I think I, I think I had Usman first round for sure. Um, that's not to say Jorge didn't fight a good first round. I think he did. Um. But we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into with that, right? Like, it was going to be... Um, He's always going to be dangerous, but it wasn't going to be, like, constant threat yeah. at all times. Yeah, yeah. He's so creative, you yeah. know? He's such a creative fighter that he... That's what makes Masvidal so dangerous, is, like, just in a moment's notice, he could hit you with, like, a spinning back fist, and then, boom. Yeah. Oh, shit. Someone just got ear-holed, and shook and then he just finishes yeah i mean the i think one of the most impressive outside of the knee we all knew that was coming i think because there was so much hate behind that knee (laughs) but i think one of probably the most impressive um fight or finish of his career was the till finish i mean oh yeah when he blasted till i was like whoa in the the way people broke down his footwork with that Right, like it, it, it's mind-boggling how he generates that much force. Yeah, with the way you watch him switching his feet, it yeah. was like, dude, you're like, you like literally look like you're on your tippy toes. Yeah, like how are you knocking out a dude who's walking around at two hundred? You know? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's also you know he's thirty five and fifteen now, so he's had fifty professional fights. Dude. And it's the first time he's ever been KO'd. That's incredible. That's dude. out of control. That's out. Of, that's an out of control stat. Um, but hats off to Kamaru Usman for being the man that did it. I mean, absolutely proved he is the the BMF. He's the welterweight champion of the world. And to be quite honest, I think the next guy in line is gonna have a very, very, very hard time to <laughs> a second time fighting him. I know. <laughs> And you talk, you're talking about Colby, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Colby Covington, I mean, we all want that rematch, too. Yeah. Hate him or love him. That was one of the greatest MMA fights we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It was badass, dude. I think everyone wants to see that again. There was a 
someone's jaw got broken in it. Kamaru wasn't, you know, Kamaru wasn't right either. Like, no, he, 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 got, he, got, he got, he got, he got fucking rocked too, dude. Yeah, like, dude. So it, it should be, uh, it's actually the most danger Kamaru has probably ever yeah. been in. in yeah. Fight. I mean, well, and I, I, well, he's I, got one loss. Who is his loss? I can't remember. I can, I can never remember. Oh, it's it way back in the day, dude. Yes. Yeah, so way back. Yeah. Relevant. <laughs> um, and I'll commend Colby too for holding out as long as he has. He could have absolutely taken a fight here in the last. Well, because when I mean, the last time he fought was Marty, right? I, I we had this talk yesterday morning. I guess it was Woodley. I forgot he fought Woodley afterwards. Yeah, I totally forgot about. I'll that. I'll double check right now, but yeah, dude, I can't believe that. I don't even remember. I don't, I mean, we it was probably pretty forgettable because it happened so quick. Yeah, I mean, did the did the fight even go to a decision? It probably ended him. Find out. Yep, KO round five. Oh wow, it did go that long. So he just beat him up for five but, rounds. But you know, Colby's a volume guy. Like I totally forgot that fight happened last year, huh? Gosh, it was yeah, That's September nineteenth. Where was I? September nineteenth. Gosh, that weekend I probably was out of town. Probably why you don't remember it. Colby Covington, if you're listening to this, I apologize. <laughs> I hey, apologize. Colby, we're sorry, bud. Um, you can. We'll have you on the show. <laughs> oh man, I think that's wishful thinking. But, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Oh well. Should be a should be an awesome awesome rematch. Yeah, looking forward to that one. And you know, keep Mike Yessa. He he's got some. He's got time on his side too. He could move. Yeah, he could move up in the rankings. I know he's still. been talking about it. He's been talking about wanting to fight Colby. Yeah, he yeah he's, he's been he kept he keeps he's, he keeps calling him out, but you know I think that's gonna have to wait for a little while. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see what Mike's next fight is. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because it was Magni Neil Magni recently, right? And mm-hmm. that was a, mm-hmm. it was a dominant win. Yeah, I mean he stopped Magni from doing anything that whole fight. I think that I think it's gonna be someone like he might get like. The winner like Edwards let's, let's Diaz. Oh, that would be great for him. I that think, would be beautiful. Yeah. He's number seven. Yeah, I think he'd probably Dude, he doesn't have much place to go when it comes to who yeah. he's gotta fight yeah. next, but I mean um, he might he might end up having to fight like Jorge again, you know? That'd be great. Except this time it's at seventy instead of fifty five. I think Jeff Neal wanted a piece of him at one point, didn't he? Yeah, you're probably right. I think right. Jeff Neal was was trying to call Mike out here. Oh gosh, I could be I could be dead wrong. We might have to fact check that and get back to you on the next episode. But I'm pretty sure Jeff Neal said something at one point. In what time. Was he? Yeah. Um. All right. You want to talk about? The next cards. Yeah, man. Let's uh let's get into it. The last thing I do want to say is that I, I wrote this down as a note. Baptisms sometimes mean brutality. <laughs> and and I think that UFC two sixty one is a uh living proof of that. In so many more ways than just one. You know, Chris Weidman obviously suffered a horrible injury, yeah, so yeah. We're a little piddly little podcast. But we are we uh, send out some vibes. Yeah, sending out positive vibes. Chris, heal up soon, man. That was a, it's it's. 
I think I, what I was telling you earlier is it's weird how that all comes full circle, dude. Like the whole the craziness. And it's not just the fact that like he checked the kick and it, Silva's, you know, way back when he checked the kick and Anderson Silva's leg broke. And then now he, he throws a kick, it gets checked and his leg breaks. It's so crazy how that, like the world works in that. The, and what's weird about it is the interconnection that Uriah Hall is involved in that whole right. and then scenario because Uriah Hall was the last guy to fight Anderson Silva, right? Looked up to him, his, you know, one of his, like, idols, his entire MMA career. That's why, he, that's why like, Anderson agreed to fight him at the very end of his career through his retirement fight. Just so weird how that, And then he goes, his next fight is against Weidman, and that happens. It's so weird weird how the world works man and i, I don't know i just dude, i could go i don't want to call it voodoo or anything like that like on, but yeah. oh dude no it's quirks bro quantum <laughs> mechanics um you know all sorts of weird stuff they probably put it in an avengers movie at one point probably. i don't know yeah. but but it, it is weird like there's the idea that you know your thoughts produce chemicals in your brain mm -hmm. which are technically a physical reaction which mm -hmm. means you've changed the physical area around your brain with that thought right do do those kind of connections like yeah. leap. we we said that this morning in jujitsu like was there like a, a mark or something that yeah. was left yeah. on weidman yeah and it was you know triggered by hall because of his connection with both of those right. like you know yeah. weird goofy yeah, sci-fi fun things to kind of get into because wild stuff, dude. Yeah, it's just you know who knows, and, and we called it. We joked like it was a glitch in the matrix, like that. Totally, a little bit of code rewrite. You right. know, just don't worry about it. Just go about your day. Yeah. <laughs> it like happened the exact same way too, man. The way that the leg bent, like all that. Like I remember, I was in Vegas when it happened. I wasn't at the fight, but I remember where I was. The whole freaking bar erupted people were running around i think i saw some girl vomit oh my gosh probably the she, first time yeah, it happened to silver yeah. yeah it was just nasty that's gross but yeah well shoot man i mean it, it's gonna be tough for the ufc to top the you know the yeah. 261 card and like just yeah. its output but wow look at the lineups on these things man oh yeah on 262 Dude. we have charles oliviera versus michael chandler for the lightweight championship correct wow. yeah yeah uh followed by co-main event leon edwards nate diaz which will be a five-round fight that was nate diaz stipulation which i found kind of interesting that's weird yeah it, to me I, I i think it's weird a because for one thing i think leon's whatever masvidal did to nate diaz i think leon's gonna do equal yeah you know yeah. i just i don't know i, yeah. I know i i must have gotten into the ufc a little too late to be like enamored by the diaz brothers and stuff yeah like all i've seen nate diaz i did watch that second connor fight which i thought he did great right you know he's just a tough kid dude. he's just yeah and if that's all it comes down to that's great but well it's there's like, not a lot i mean i it's tough to it's tough to say that there's a lot of guys like that in the ufc i mean gotcha. all these guys are tough but i don't think that i've seen guys take a beating the way like Nate Diaz has taken it on the chin and come at you and continue to come at you and then go and win fights completely like a bloody mess. Right. And you that, know, like he just, his will, his will to survive 
is unlike anything I have ever, ever seen. Um, and in the UFC, um, so it's in, I mean, you know, gosh, I don't know how, I, I think he's still, I don't even know like how old he is now. I don't, I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that old either. He's still not that old. I don't think. I mean, he's probably 36. Okay. He's not, like, he's not like much our, older he's like than our age. He's not much older than us. Uh, his brother, I, I heard, is making a return. We can talk yeah. about that here a little later. Yeah. 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 But on that same card, uh, Tony Ferguson's fighting. He's making a, oh, he's making his return to the octagon against Benil Darush. That'll be an incredible That'll grappling match. Fight. I think that's going to be an awesome, awesome fight. Uh, Caitlin Shikugan and Vivian Araujo. Which is great if it's a matter of just keeping some of those um, female divisions just kind of Rolling. Rolling, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're still, I feel like they're still trying to develop a lot of women's MMA in ways. And so, that, like, I'm, I find myself getting more and more excited when I see their prospects mixing it in with their kind of vets. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you need. You need right. to see people tested and everything. And so, that's, it's great. I think it's, it's going to be a, a killer fight. Yeah. And the first fight on the card, on the main card, is Edson Barbosa and Shane Burroughs. Which, dude, prepare for some freaking violence. Dude, like, that is going to be violent. Yeah. Barbosa will deal it, and Burgos can take it. And he can deliver, too, man. And he He's will. no slouch, man. Yeah. Talk about a guy that his, his will to survive, too. Yes. Like, that guy is tough as well. Yes. I'll never forget when, um, who was that? His first fight against, um, oh. What's his name? I'm spacing right now. Ages ago, we were here. Boston Brawler. Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ages ago. Burroughs and Cater. That was a great fight. Yeah. That was that was the first time I actually watched either of them fight. Yeah. I think we were at the ref or something like that. My bad. For some reason, I thought we were here. May, maybe. Okay. It might have been here. Totally could have. It could have been here. Which, uh, which fight are you most excited about? Ooh, I always love my guy, Tony Ferguson, even though. Um, yeah. you know, he hasn't been himself for the last couple of fights, but I think it's a great opportunity for either Dairouche to step up and really kind of take that ranking spot or mm-hmm. for Tony to bounce back. Right. So I'm excited. I think obviously that main event Chandler and Oliveira is going to be freaking yeah, so insane because cause Oliveira just mixes it up so well, mm-hmm. but Chandler's like, Obviously, he's not afraid of the tall, tall, lanky dude. Yeah, put Hooker <laughs> down. Pro- prove that this last fight. Yeah, man. so that's a great, great fight. I think it's worthy of of Khabib getting given up the strap. You yeah. know, yeah. Like I, I'm okay with. It. I know Michael Chandler's at one fight in the UFC, but he's freaking champ over at Bellator, and that mm-hmm. Gaethje got his freaking title shots off of questionable mechanics. Well, and whatever. I think they have so many guys capable that are like waiting in the wings that whoever whoever wins that fight the next fight's going to be just as cool Dude. and great if not better also you know, like like, like a, a justin gaethje or yeah, um, yeah i mean there's I mean, the, that that top five is stacked right so actually the, the, the top 10 is is pretty stacked if we're being honest with ourselves um yeah know, connor could get in there you know assuming Obviously, the Poirier-Connor fight will probably determine who fights, you know, 
but you've Chandler got, Oliviera next, but you've got young guys like Islam Makachev rapidly rising the rankings. So people like right. the ten through fives mm-hmm. have to watch out for that because yeah. I'm I'll pick Islam over. Basically, I'll pick him over any of those guys. I think five as a, ten as a well-rounded guy. Yeah, you know, obviously you get in here. I think I think Gaethje is probably going to see himself roll down here past the four spot just because i don't you know i don't know what's left for him unless he's just knocking dudes out again yeah so but that's just me that's just me yeah but yeah actually now that you look at lightweight i mean they've kind of need some new blood islam's really the youngest dude besides michael chandler yeah who are kind of really mixing it up but everybody else has been there and and yeah for a while, I mean, Gregor Gillespie and Kevin Lee—they—they're right next to each other. They're at the bottom. I'm kind of curious to see if Paul makes one more like push. I know the only reason I kind of glossed over him is because he's, you know, kind of talking about retiring. And yeah, stuff he's like he's that. like yeah, he's not really sure. I think I think yeah. he's kind of waiting too. He's he's probably making a smart move to be honest with you. Yeah, kind of let like let a lot of this work itself out, and then you know. And poor Paul, dude. How many times has he gotten hosed on a decision? Oh, totally, dude. So it's like... Dude. Yeah, there's uh, there's probably two or three fights where I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure he won that fight, but whatever. But what? But I guess we'll <laughs> just move on. Yeah, I guess we'll just move on. Um, Probably why Dana... One of the reasons Dana doesn't want to do stuff in Vegas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvin Vittori apparently gets his title shot after... Beating up Kevin Holland, taking the fight on yet again a short notice. What's funny about Holland is he's probably one of the first guys to have two main events befi- besides that Shemayev dude. Yeah. You know, within so close to each other. Pretty wild. It is wild. Um, I think he's, I, I mean, he's the most, pro- he's, he's probably outside of yeah, Whitaker, the um, most worthy opponent You're of right. Adesanya. I, I, I heard... Today, I think it was, I think Ariel posted something on social media that said that Whitaker was offered the fight, but because he'd just gone through a five-round, five-round, you know, main event, and then had to return home to his country and quarantine for two weeks, that it was too much of a, too much of a, too much of a turnaround too quickly, and Adesanya wanted to do June, wanted to fight in June, so... I, I think it was offered, but it just wasn't, the timing wasn't right. Um, so Whitaker will likely fight the winner in the fall, which, which makes sense. Perfect sense. And Dana loves it. He's like, great. My plans are made then. Yeah. Like, totally. Whoever wins, I don't care you're fighting Whitaker. Yeah. You know, exactly. Obviously, he wants Adesanya to it, win. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that's an interesting fight, though, because the last time they fought, it went to a split decision. For real? They've already fought before. No way. Yeah, years ago. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shnikey. So there is a little bit of a, you know, I, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here. I haven't really looked at this, but how many split decisions has Adesanya been in in his career? Let's find that out. I'd be, I'd be curious to know. Unanimous, or okay, excuse me. Yoel was unanimous. He has, the last time he was in a split, was against Marvin Vittori okay. Damn, in 2018. Trev, dude. Yeah. That's why Trev's And he's never been in one before. Yep. His entire wow. career. It's the only split decision he's ever had on his record. Dude, this kid 
in the very beginning, obviously he was fighting in, you know, Wu Lin Fang epic one through four and things like that. But TKO, 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 Split. Yeah. His very first, actually it wasn't his first, it was his second fight in the UFC against Marvin Vittori. Wow. Probably Marvin Vittori's first, I would imagine. Go there. Check on Marvin. It was his second. Oh, wow. wow. He'd, a- he'd actually been in this. Wow, I didn't realize that. Five. He'd been in the UFC for a while. So, so he's they kinda, were he's testing been... Adesanya with that fight. He's, he, yeah, he was, um, he's been grinding. So this, uh, this, this is an interesting fight. A little bit of history. You know, three years removed from when it happened. Dude, they have been testing, sorry to interrupt you, they have been testing Adesanya from the gate. Dude, I mean, his first fight, I don't know who Rob Wilkinson is, but that's okay. Second round TKO. Split decision, Marvin Vittori. Brad Tavares, that was the ultimate fighter undefeated finale. Yep. Derek Brunson, Brunson main Anderson, event. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, Kelvin Gastelum, that's for the belt, or the interim. Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, and Paulo Costa. <laughs> and the body of work is insane. Yeah, man. dude. And the body of like, work is insane. Finally, they beat him with a young. They're like, finally, go up weight. You're going to be the smaller guy, and we're going to make you lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sometimes I think, like, when you have an undefeated guy like that, like, I don't know. You can see it go both ways where, like, the pressure to not lose. But when you lose like that, when it was an up weight class and things like that, it's almost right. like I kind of saw the same thing with Max when he fought Dustin. Like he doesn't have a lot to lose, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's an L, and yeah, Adesanya isn't undefeated, but it's like it it's it's not in middleweight, so he can go back down to middleweight and be undefeated there, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, yeah. Right. But dude, the guy has been put through the ringer. They've been trying to get him to lose, obviously. Well, yeah, and I I don't know. I mean. You learn more from losing than you do from winning, right? Yeah. So, I, if anything, that might have just catapulted him to being the greatest middleweight of all time. Dude, they, yes. It you probably know, like, did. You know? It probably just ruined everything. And who knows? Maybe chances. even to the point where he like continues to run through it, is like, all right, it's time for me to go back up. And then he goes back up and wins the like light heavyweight belt somehow. Right. You know right. what I mean? avenges his loss who knows if it's against Jan or not but i'm just saying i think that that's one of those situations where the only thing you have to lose here is that you could lose but you're probably gonna still end up being one of the greatest fighters yeah and you go back and you still have your belt you know you still have your money the guy who has the most to lose is the dude who's up weight class which is nice because he gets the benefit of being you know assimilated there Right. So it's it's an interesting balance. For sure. I don't mind that dynamic of double champs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where do we what were what were we talking about? Do you um for two sixty three on the on like the card overall, I know we've we've gone down the Adesanya and Vittori rabbit hole a little here, but the rest of the card is pretty I, insane, man. I was gonna say if you if you have me pick between the two 263 um, like a little more a little more and the reason is because of that co-main that davison oh, figueredo figueredo and moreno yeah, rematch because we me that was Joseph, a war we re-watched last time that recently did you if you haven't rewatched that fight you should give it a rewatch because it's yeah like when it was live it was so insane 
-hmm. It was so much. And Brandon Moreno, I don't think I've seen anybody take a punch the way that kid does. And like, it just kept going and going and going. And at the end, like Figueroa was like bursting into tears that he, he gets the majority draw. Like he retains the belt because it was uh, clearly the hardest fight of his life. And he's just been tearing through people. And he took that fight on super short notice. And Brandon Moreno did as well. But the thing is, is Moreno was at the three-round threshold. Mm-hmm. So I'm super, super, super interested in what these boys are going to do because Figueredo's had more than enough of a full camp and Moreno's ready for five rounds. Right. If, if, if it isn't obvious that he can roll for five already. Yeah. But, like, dude, when you got Adesanya... On the main event, that's always fireworks. And then you've got one of the greatest fights. I mean, talk about uh, two championship fights. You can't ever, uh, no, you can't can't ever be mad about that. So, and who knows, man? Like, that could be, we were talking, I, I know before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about, you know, breaking just today. Yes. Dillashaw is pulling out of that fight, or at least on May 8th. Is May 8th? Yep. It's next weekend, right? Next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Had to pull out against the Corey Sanhagen because of a cut over his eye that apparently I don't I don't know if it's just like super deep or if it's like scar tissue that's just not healing right and you know we're still we're still twelve days away from that fight but I could understand like if didn't if doctor says hey it's not going to be great and if it opens up it's going to be you're at risk of it just being a doctor stoppage you know and you might not be able to do anything about it and you might not be that hurt. So and, and I see TJ as like this is my first fight back. Like, right, this needs to be perfect. Right, I'm not letting yeah. anything. Yeah, and he's kind of like that in that he's he's um a particular guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he likes the stuff a certain way. It seems so. Um, I it doesn't surprise me, but yeah, he's getting a lot of flack a little bit. Yeah, at the comment but section that could that could be a a a card though where they throw that in there. I mean. That card already has Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad, which is an incredible grappling match. That will be phenomenal. Yes. Um, Paul Craig and Jamel Hill, which that is an exciting fight as well. It's, it is an exciting fight. And then fight. Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Also a great matchup. So I could see I could see that maybe working its way onto the main card. One of maybe those, you know, one of those fights getting moved to another like main event fight night or yep. who knows um it, it's a great card overall i i it, in between the two I, it's kind of a toss-up for me as as well but on that card i'd say my favorite and most exciting fight is 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 definitely i have to agree with you brandon moreno and davison figueredo the the war that they put on in the last time they did it, it was just incredible and just incredible and i don't i don't, I don't think that we're in for you know anything less than that? I certainly hope no. not. I, I I would love to see another another war. It it well because Figueredo like you rewatch it, he's like he wanted him out early. Yeah, and and I don't think he's gonna do that again. Yeah, I think which means Moreno's like maybe he, gonna have to take chances earlier. Has, yeah, he's yeah. gonna have to to drive more. Where he was, I don't know. He was really interesting on like the counters, um, but. If Figueredo plays a different game where he's not just charging forward, like what does that look like, and mm-hmm. how does how does the opponent handle that? They're just waiting for the freaking bull rush at all moments. Right. So, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how much those guys go. Like, if I, I'm sure it'll be huge, but how much they uh, just watch film and film and film on that fight over and over and over again. I got to believe that both they're both technicians, so it's uh, it'll yeah. be a fun one. To, it'll be a fun fun one to watch. Yeah. In July, we usually see International Fight Week, which hasn't been the only thing that's you know scheduled is McGregor and Poirier at this point, which International Fight Week, which it'll be an awesome main event, you know, with July historically being most sought after time, it's historically the best card of the year, usually. And we've already seen so many incredible cards. So like if you're putting together a fantasy lineup of of a main event card for International Fight Week to go with the Poirier McGregor, you know, main event. What like what matchups are you looking to add? I'm adding off the top of my head, mm-hmm. Alexander Vol- Vol- um, Volkanovski and Brian Ortega. If if they can do it, there's plenty of time. I don't, I don't know what happened, why they scrapped their recent fight. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure I remember, but the. They got to get that rolling. Featherweight's got to get rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you kind of time it, you know, you can kind of guess based on you've got middleweight and flyweight just happened. So that's probably not going to happen. You have lightweight happening um, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And we just have welter in a couple of the gals divisions. So, dude, July 10th, I mean, Kamaro didn't take a lot of damage. You could throw Kamaro and Colby on there. Yeah, I think that's going to take some time. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. It's possible. Because we're, we're here. Depends, we're here if, April. It depends if Usman wants to do it. In May, July June, July. What's a, what's a full fight camp they want? Eight weeks? At, six at weeks? Least. Yeah. Eight, eight weeks eight, at yeah. least. When you're okay. a cha- when cha- yeah, when you're championship fighter, you're like you're, you hold the belt, I would, I'm sure they're probably on the like more like 10 week, maybe 12. Okay. So I would months. think. I would think. Yeah. You want the whole quarter. You of want. The year. Yeah. You okay. want. You want. All right. All right. So definitely throw a freaking. But I don't know. Maybe Usman. Usman didn't take a ton of damage, so maybe he says, "Yeah, let's do it." In- the bantamweight rematch, if you can. If Aljo can't, I know he just had surgery. If he's not ready to go, mm-hmm. probably got to strip him. Yeah. And I hate to say that because he's my guy. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. It was an odd way to win the belt, and so. You know, you could throw the bantamweights on there. You could throw the featherweights on there. That, but then that's, but then those are championship fights right. that aren't the main event. What about um? But I'm just like, what could, who who would who's who would Yon fight next? Like, I think he's probably in line to maybe defend again in July, right? Yeah, because that happened last month, dude. So if. If Sandhagen and Dillashaw can get their fight book quick enough, you could have Peter Yan versus one of them on the card. Yeah, that that's a possibility. Assuming it's not a like, you know, let's look at the rank. Five round war. Let's look at the rank. war. Um, you got a Blaschewitz. Oh, they already they already scheduled. Did they to share in Blaschewitz is happening at the end of this year? Didn't they already oh, announce that? Okay, okay. I think that they announced that that's happening later on this year. So that's covered. So that's covered. I totally, I totally spaced it. I totally spaced on that. Yeah, I think you're gonna to make that um, international fight week. What What about uh, what's What's Amanda doing in July? 
She usually likes to fight in July, doesn't she? Maybe even Va- uh, Valentina and Amanda. That would be incredible. That, that's dude. a great fight. Right there, Trev. You could have Nganu. Belt and belt. Nganu's first defense. You know? Throw Nganu and Derek Lewis on there, bro. That's mm. exactly what they'll do. That's what they'll mm. do. I'll put money on that right now. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Amanda's all over the place. What about um? Scroll back, scroll back up real quick. I'm looking at like a a fight that could potentially happen. Um, Yair. Oh, and Me- Mexican Nightmare, Korean Zombie 2.0. Yes. Let's see it again. Let's see it. Run that back. <laughs> and in Korean Zombie, don't fall for any of his weird little handshakes and stopping the momentum, Sky. <laughs> it can kick him in the face when he starts clapping. Oh man. Um that would be that'd be a great one to add. See him do it again. What a get, war. Get Calvin Qatar on there. You know what? There is there is a fight I think that's capable of happening from the welterweight division. It's not the not that may potentially not be the um I bet you Chies is on that McGregor card. He pro- Mike might be on there. Let's let's freaking do a poll for this episode. Shoot. Maybe you should fight Vincente Luque. So I saw that name and Luque just beat the brakes off of Woodley. But Mike has been making dudes look like they're the smaller man mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. So and I think that that would be a, a pretty good out. grappling test for Michael as well. Yeah. And and Luke, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah, Luke's got to fight to win. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I could see something cool like that happening. Um, shoot, you know, I think for the sake of figuring it out, you, you know, if Tony wins, um, I don't know if they match him up with Gaethje again. I don't know if that makes sense, but like. Gaethje's got to fight again here soon. He does. And Tony did those dumbass, like people were saying on the comments, he does those, he did that dumbass double weight cut, mm-hmm. you know, when his first fight was canceled and right. he still cut weight for it. Yeah. And then he did it again for the Gaethje. So a lot of people were saying, like, that's why his performance was so off. Yeah. Because he's a dumbass. Yeah. But I don't know. I've been. That's just I've only like one fight before. away, though, because, like, the last time Gaethje fought it was Habib, correct? Yeah. And so he, I think he's, he's waiting. It feels like July would be a good time for him to fight. Yeah. If they could find a good, good. And, uh, and maybe they don't even pay attention to the championship. Throw the heavyweight championship on there or mm-hmm. something like that. But you're not going to be able to bump McGregor from the main event. No. So. It yeah. kind of throws you into like, well, then do a bunch of exciting fights, like totally. the Yair fight. Yeah. Throw yeah. in some, throw in a Chiesa versus another top top tenner. Right. Oh my gosh, and that that already is a worthy enough fight card, obviously for us homers here. But like, you know, I'm I'm ready. I like the championship, and I and I understand what Dane is doing with like every mm-hmm. pay per view has felt at stake. And that's great if you can pull that off. But 
we all know that some of the most exciting times are the fight nights where nothing's at stake. It's just your record. Yep. It's just, a, it, yep. you know, new blood or whatever. And you get interesting matchups, and those can be the most exciting. So, I don't know. They have a real opportunity there. Yeah. Because the pressure's kind of off. They've been delivering this year so yeah. far. So. Yeah. You know who would make a great, great, uh, I think a great fight? Or Gaethje, even though I don't, I don't think or know that he should take it. Um, Paul Felder. I like that, dude. That's a great one. It, wow. it, but with, but with Justin, he's risking a lot, right? Yeah. And Paul would be has nothing to lose. It would leapfrog him way up the rankings. Totally. So. But, but I mean, if you look at it this way, Gaethje is already technically ranked underneath Oliveira and Chandler because he's not fighting for the belt. So he's, he's ranked at, above them. Yeah, but in like in reality though, he didn't get the he didn't get the shot for the belt. He's he's got to play catch up. Yeah. Starting now, you right, know. Right. So anyway, but he, he, there's just no one like you got Dustin and Connor, right? And then you've got Oliveira and Chandler, three, four. Gaethje's Tony, at two. Tony's booked. Tony's booked and who knows? Maybe Tony, if Tony beat Benil, maybe they would have a rematch with Justin. But it's tough to it, if I, if I'm Justin, why would I take that fight? Fight Dan Hooker. Yeah. If Hooker wants to try and you yeah know, get right back into it. Yeah. Poor poor Dan Hooker, man. <laughs> man, he's been in some wars, dude. dude. I he's know. been in some wars. Well, shoot, man. Crazy, crazy banter. Yeah, I know. On all we, this we UFC just... stuff. Some exciting stuff coming up though. A lot of uh yes, a lot year. to look forward to. A lot a lot of the fans, a lot for the fans to look forward to. Uh, if you're if you're a UFC fan right now, you are very excited about the spring and yeah, summer months. You've got a great year it's, going. It's uh it's been pretty impressive what Dana White has pulled off here um amidst coming off of the pandemic year and shoot, we're still kind of in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. So the fact that He's able to put together all this and 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 deliver on on what he's put in front of us is just absolutely incredible. So, well, on to other news. It's draft week, brother. Draft week, brother. Draft week, which means we've got a the NFL draft is upon us Thursday evening. I believe it starts. Is it Thursday evening or Friday? I think it usually starts on like a Thursday now. But I figured we'd take a look at, at some of the top prospects available. Maybe talk a little, you know, team needs, immediate contributors from the draft class, <laughs> that type of stuff. That, all the all that, the all the good stuff. The goodies. Um Yeah, this is this is crazy, man. Especially this is kind of uncharted territory for the NFL draft. Um, with the amount of players that decided to sit out this last year and become draft eligible, you know, perfect example, like I'm thinking like a, a, a guy who could potentially be a top five, certainly a top 10 pick, I would think, unless teams are not addressing that position quickly. But like Jamar Chase from LSU. Took this season, you know, took this season off, 
he's the number three overall prospect, which is crazy to think about that he's above Devontae Smith, who just rattled off one of the most incredible years any wide receiver in college football history has ever had. A guy that, like, Devontae Smith is being compared already to, like, a future Marvin Harrison, which is insane to think about. And that there's a guy in front of him who didn't even play this, this, this year and is expected to maybe go, maybe go before Devontae Smith. I think at that point, teams, it's all preference, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm a, if I'm a GM, I'm probably, my preference is as long as the guy is healthy, I'm probably taking the guy who just played a full season of football. Right. You know, healthy or I mean, working out mm-hmm. in shape. So, some of these guys have showed up to their pro days and scouts are like, what the f*** was that? <laughs> I've, I, no, I've literally read some stuff where they're like, the guy shows up, he's out of shape. He, he, they're like, what have you been doing for the last? You decided to take a year off. That's fine. But you, you should have been hitting the weight room like, still. Yeah, yeah. So Training. I, I think that this is a unique year for NFL teams when they're drafting because, hey, there's all this potential, but... Potential is only potential. I mean, I am taking a risk here too. And, and Probably a bigger risk than I usually take. Hell yeah! And that what I read um, earlier today was that that's one of the biggest reasons the Hawks were okay with going after Jamal Adams because mm-hmm. they know what they're getting, right? You know, yeah. And and then they can look back on their picks and be like, well, we have Jamal Adams, so right. we're fine. Well, and. Part of probably like why free agency was so important this year. Mm. I mean, it's important every year. Don't get me wrong. Like what you're what you're planning to do with your team for the following years, and and future years is always very important. But I just think the dynamic was a little different this year. How teams approach free agency, how they're going to approach the draft. Um, I mean, there there's some serious there's some serious talent. Like you look at the top ten. You know, the first, obviously, the number one overall like prospect is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. A tight end is the number two prospect based on the you know the list we're looking at. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. Um, You know, at six, you got Devontae Smith, his teammate Jalen Waddle, who Mm -hmm. might be as good as good um, as Devontae Smith, if not better. We don't know because, I mean, he was injured a lot of this year. But, dude, that guy has some serious, like, fast twitch. He's probably more dangerous in, open, in the open field than, than Devontae is. Right. And when you talk about preference, you got Devontae, six foot, 170, Jalen, 510 180. Yeah, so completely different body styles. You know, and not completely Not completely. They're pretty close. These are 10 pounds. close. I think I think but, you're probably looking at a little bit you know, that 10 pounds is a lot, especially when you're talking about when you're talking about creating separation. Yeah. Like that's that's a ton. Um so, yeah. You you you've got Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern, Trey Lance is up there, quarterback out of North Dakota State. It'll be interesting to see how early he goes um, with the quarterbacks that are because you got you know him and Justin Fields are kind of in that same like you know tier. around area. I think most people would probably say that Justin Fields has the higher ceiling. Um, I know that he I think his his um, like aptitude score that he took like I don't know if it was the Wanderlick or not. We might be able to look this up, but 
Um, I heard that he had just scored out of the freaking world on his on his aptitude test, which is what you want. Yeah, you want I mean, those yeah, which thinkers. is which is fantastic. Um, but there's some quarterback needy teams right there at the top. Um, it'll be interesting, man. Um, I'm 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 kind of curious. You might see a, a new quarterback in San Francisco too. I know dude. to back up Jimmy G. So we'll see. I know. And who knows? You know, you just never know if there's a a big trade that happens on draft day too that <laughs> changes the whole shape of everything of every of an entire division. for literally every team in the league. It does, and it does because your divisions, your division games are everything. You play those teams the most. Mm-hmm. So. You know, for example, in the Hawks, uh, you know, we have to go against Kyler freaking Murray now mm-hmm. and watch this dude develop mm-hmm. in our division. Play right. him twice. It'd be awful. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm super, I'm super kind of worried about how they approach this draft because if Arizona goes and gets one of those top receivers, <sighs> dude, which, our secondary is in trouble, even with a Jamal Adams, a healthy Jamal Adams oh all year. Oh God, because you've you've got they picked up last year. They picked up um from the DeAndre Hopkins, dude. I know, which was just rude. It was just <laughs> rude. And like, and if they do, if they pick bunch of fucking rude boys yeah. down there in Arizona, man. Exactly. I don't even know why we're in the same division, but whatever. They're probably good friends with Rihanna. Rude boys. <laughs> she Jamaican. Uh, actually, I think, isn't she from, like, Trinidad and Tobago? Oh, you're probably right. Don't be flirting with me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh. Should we look up who, what the picks are, or what teams are ordered? The, uh, you mean the draft order? Yes. Yeah, you could look it up if you want. I, I'm pretty sure I know it front to back. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know it front to back. I wish I could say it. I don't. Um, hang tight. All right, while you're doing that, Jacksonville, New York, Jets, San Francisco with the third from Miami via Houston. Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins from Philadelphia Eagles. Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Philly Eagles. Uh, L.A. Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, excuse me, New England Patriots, number 16, Arizona Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, Washington football team, Chicago Bears, Indiana, Indianapolis Colts. So go, go look at, go back to that list of uh, the uh, top prospects real quick. I think it had. And scroll down for me about to like 15 or 16. Yeah, I could totally see the Cardinals trading up. I could see them making a move. Damn it. Which, I don't know how much draft capital they have, uh, but assuming they have seven picks, they could probably move up and grab like a guy like Jalen Waddell oh, or a Devontae Smith, which would be just be awful. It, it, they, they have and I they think they said 16, bro. Shit. They, yeah. They could easily trade spots with like a Carolina. Yeah. You know? Or Dallas. Al- you know what? Atlanta has been shopping that four, four spot too. So Atlanta could say, hey, you know, give us, we'll trade spots with you and give us your first rounder next year and we'll let you have them. Because they're, 
Atlanta's stacked a receiver. Yeah, yeah. And they don't really need a quarterback, so... Right. Can you get like a defensive end or an offensive guy, offensive tackle to help, you know, protect Matt Ryan at the same spot, like at 16? Probably. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I'm just, I, I, and I'm, I'm just like thinking out loud about p- p- potential like needs for that team. They, I might be completely wrong. Maybe they want like Patrick Sertain because they have a secondary that needs work. I don't, I don't know. But it would be so hard to fill 32 positions. Is that what it is? Uh, well, well, starting positions, I guess. 11 and 11, right? 11 and 11, and then well, special teams isn't really like your starter starters. Yeah. Better guys that are just special teams. Just guys, special so. teamers. Yeah. But it's not 53 like. 53-man roster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, to fill 25, because mm. you'd have to have a couple of number twos that were damn near as good as your number one. Yeah. You know. This is the argument I always make. Um, I think the worst team in one of the worst teams in the NFL would always give Alabama a run for their money. Yeah, probably beat them. To be honest with you, if I'm being honest, because all those guys, most of those guys on are like first or second round picks. Most, well, I shouldn't say most, but a, a majority. I'd say it's fair to say that like sixty. At any point in time, sixty to sixty-five percent of a, yeah, we're probably first or second round picks at one point. Not not all of them, or they were like third or fourth and lived up to like a first or second round yeah, talent and performed. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, uh, yeah, there's it's interesting because I'm kind of curious. Sherman. How do you think? How do you think Seattle like approaches this? This draft, Dude, I don't that with know. so little draft capital, I mean, we have like three picks, right? Yeah, we have nothing. Or we don't pick until fifty-six. So unless we're trading up, <laughs> which right. would require us to trade a player, I believe, because we don't. Unless we're gonna, you know, trade capital from a future year, I don't know. I mean, people don't. Teams don't usually like that unless it's a really good deal. But dude, we only have one pick in the first, first one hundred <laughs> in like twenty-two picks, right? Twenty-nine. Yeah. Yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. But if you're them at fifty six, because that's really the one that's gonna matter the most. If you were them at fifty six, which position are you addressing first? <laughs> uh, at fifty six, you know they're gonna take a running back. Mm. You know that. I mean, I I know I'm not answering your question. Maybe. But, um, I heard they were just working out Deontay Foreman today. Yeah, I saw that. Or yesterday. I saw that. And then, the, you know who's a good follow for Seahawks Twitter is is Michael Duger. And he just, he, he's a good fact-based guy. Yeah. He's just throwing out. One of his facts in response to that was like, Seattle has drafted um, so many, so, I can't remember what the quote was, but uh, since Marshawn Lynch, like they've basically mm-hmm. have tried to replace that every year. Right. And it's just not working out. Yeah. But that's why you trade for that talent, which is how we got Lynch over here in the first place. Yeah. We didn't draft his ass. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I think at, I think the talent uh, on the offensive line still exists at like number 56. You think know? so? Yeah. Like I think there's, there, there's a guy that can come in and contribute right, right away. Okay. Um, 
there's a couple of guys that come to mind that I was looking at, um, you know, that might be around like at that point. Um, Samuel Cosme from Texas could be right, right around there. Could be like available. Who I'd love to see them grab is Walker Little, but that guy probably won't be available by the time. He, he graded out as like a first round talent after his freshman year. He's an offensive tackle from Stanford. And was like co-offensive player of the year as a freshman in the Pac-12, but these last two years he had a knee injury following that his freshman year, um, which ended it, and then opted out of playing this year for obvious reasons to get prepared for the draft. But he was like, the, he was grading out as a freshman as like future first-round talent, no questions asked. But because of the situation, he might slip and be there and could be available and who knows like maybe they find a trade partner to like trade up like just a couple spots to snag him or something hey we'll give you a pick for like a late pick next year you know if if he's he if he's around i could totally see that being like uh we're gonna go snag this guy because the this ceiling is so high that's dope um that's exciting if they don't address the offensive line position, because they did a really good job in free agency, I think, with addressing the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the linebacking core is, you know, it's solid. It's not great. I could maybe see him going linebacker there. They're all, they always love depth on the D-line, but I just I think they did enough, and they have guys waiting in the wings that are they're still kind of developing. Um, Wide receiver needs some help, man. Yeah, but from a depth standpoint, we've yep. got we've got arguably the best duo in the league, one of the best, top yeah, three, totally top, top three for sure. But I could see them addressing the wide receiver position. A guy like Rondell Moore was there from Purdue. I would be static about that, but I think he'll be gone by then. Guy that would probably be there in the second round. Um, actually, I'm almost positive he would be. Is Tylen Wallace? From uh, Oklahoma State, who might fit the mold, but they're. I, I'm pretty sure. I think David Moore signed elsewhere. Didn't we lose him? I think you're right, bud. I think that. I think we lost him. But I'm still waiting for John Ursula to step in and finally make that, put oh. his stamp on what he's worked so hard on, dude. I don't see why not. How oh, I'd love I, if John Ursula just came out of nowhere and had an incredible season as a slot receiver in the nfl it'd just be so special dude that would be cool been talking about it for the last couple of years i know hope that guy makes but the team he continues <laughs> to impress everybody in in all the different things they assign him to do yeah he just he spends a lot of the time on the practice court. yeah it's like you know at what point what point do we think we can put him on the field and really you know but there's some there's some guys they, they like penny hard a lot you know, there's some there's some guys on the team that contributed last year that maybe they think, hey, we're we're fine there. I don't know. I I see them either addressing, and then there's also some room at corner. Like if they could probably they could probably address the cornerback position too. There's so many free agents that are kind of still out there too. That yeah, like like Eric Fisher, offensive tackle, like veteran. You know, has been through some some injuries and stuff, but. Chiefs released him. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. And now, like, he's still unsigned. So, is it more of like, we'll just wait and see and then 
we're going to sign an offensive lineman that's got, you know, that's got some experience in the league as opposed to taking trying to trying yeah. to develop trying to develop a guy that's second round third round talent or at least that's where he landed who knows yeah that's uh, i do not envy i do not envy whoa that monster truck just did a backflip <laughs> uh, monster jam yeah, get your yeah. tickets five <laughs> oh man do uh so yeah man a team to watch out for especially with this draft is um i'm, I'm worried about what arizona is gonna do really arizona am. i have a i have a co-worker that's like i i never get worried about what we're gonna do because our until our until our gm is fired i'm just <laughs> Not convinced that we're going to ever no win a Super faith. Bowl. I'm just like, geez, yeah, a lot of faith. I know I've been there though. San, San Francisco's got plenty of material to work with. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. Dirty bastard. I know. Well, Alrighty. shoot, man. Should we uh, should move along to some hoops? Yeah, we should. We should. We shall. It's been a heck of an episode so it's far. It's been great. We're at 124, or an hour and 24 right now, just for your... Cool. NBA, let's pull up the standings. We've got a pretty incredible Eastern Conference per Rev's notes. Brooklyn in number one in the East. Two games or a game and a half ahead of the 76ers, three and a half ahead of the Bucks, six ahead of the Knicks. Oh, excuse me, eight and eight ahead of the Knicks and the Hawks. And then Boston rounding it out at 10. And then is there, they're talking about some sort of like play in, play in tournament or something like that for NBA this year. Well, did, didn't they kind of do that with the bubble that, last year? Yeah. I guess they're doing it again. So does that mean these top 10? Probably, yeah. So the seven through ten have an opportunity yeah, to play in. That's that. I'm sh- I'm assuming that's what the lines mean. Yeah, that separate everything. So you got ah oh man, Golden State snuck in there at ten on the West. Well, it's not over. No, season right. isn't over. You're right. They could. I mean, Look they're the only Pelicans. two and a half games back from the Blazers right now. Right. So, right. they could easily, you know, and if you go look at Golden State. I was looking at this the other night. Look at who Golden State plays in their final like final games. It's arguably one of the I don't want to call it easy, but easier schedules. Minnesota, Houston, New Orleans, New Orleans, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Utah, Phoenix, New Orleans, Memphis. You're right. I mean, it's not bad. Utah, Phoenix is tough. Who New else? Orleans three times though is not that bad. Yeah, uh, how many times have they played them already? Haven't they kind of had their number? I think they have. Or they've not played one. Mm, how does that work? That can't be possible. Holy smoke, really? They have. They really haven't played them yet. I wonder if those are reschedules. I bet that's what they oh. are. But that would be kind of cool because then New Orleans and Golden State can kind of battle for that final spot. 
Yeah, like how often do you play the same team two nights in a row? I don't know. Not often. Uh, so that's got to be that's got to be like a reschedule or something. Yeah. Yeah, I I see um it, shit the way Steph's been playing ball lately, man. Oh man. Yeah. I could see them making a little bit of run here towards the end of the season, maybe sneaking into like that 7 or 8 spot and Granted, it sounds like there's this play-in stuff still. So that's kind of cool. Makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, switch it up. It's interesting when you look at the East, I feel like this is one of the better Eastern conferences we've seen in recent years. Right. Would you agree? Disagree? You're right. And you can, you can always kind of go by, like, the games won. Mm-hmm. Where... Like, it was always kind of the joke that the top six wouldn't even make it, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the freaking top eight or the eight right. spot. Right. But it is a little more balanced. And, like, the West is only ahead by a couple of games. Utah over Brooklyn. Second place is a three-game differential. Right. The Sixers. Yeah. You know, Bucks it, have 38 wins. Yeah. It does separate a little bit in like that three through. Yeah, the West is still the West, but yeah, I think I've kind of noticed it feels like it's a little more. At least those top four or five teams is a little more competitive. Yeah, than I maybe remember. A hundred percent. Yeah, you look at those numbers, and that's that's much more balanced league this year. So I wonder what's going on. Must be, you know, some some parity in the league, but also like I think L.A. or the Lakers have been dealing with injuries. Um, so God knows where they would be. Yeah, at full strength. It's it's so strange. Yeah, if they were at full strength, I also don't kind of think that they just are sort of like let us get to the playoffs and show you what's gonna happen. Yeah, I know. The back to like LeBron's like Eastern Conference mode, where yeah. it's like we really don't care about that regular season. Yeah, we just care about winning championships. Yeah, we will we will sweep you for the first two rounds of the playoffs, though. Right, <laughs> right. When when it's on the line. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, what do you? What do you think? Like the playoff picture? You, you feel like? You feel like the Jazz are going to be in the Western Conference Finals? No. And didn't somebody just get hurt? I think. Donovan got hurt. Yeah, dude. Did he really? Or Gobert? Oh. Uh, I might be mixing up. You might be mixing somebody up. I'm mixing up. Uh, the Nuggets. Sorry. I think Jamal Murray's hurt. Oh, uh, jo- didn't Jokic get hurt? Who just rolled their ankle? Big, tall, European guy. Just happened the other night. May have been Utah. Or no, I'm thinking of uh, Porzingis. I'm thinking oh. of Dallas. Was it? Was it? Didn't he walk off the other night after like turning his ankle or something like that? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm with you, dude. I don't think, and I'm I'm honest. Like I'm not. I might just be talking shit, but like I don't think the Suns are. You know, I'm not super worried about them, but it's so crazy. I could just to talk about like the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. As like the powerhouse West teams, right? 
Yeah. Over and the and granted that you know the Jazz were, Jazz were pretty good last year. Yep. Yeah. Real good last year, too. But you you just but the the, the uh you know the sort of the big three model, it's not really there anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess it is for Brooklyn. Probably gonna be pretty hard for anyone to be Brooklyn. Although, you know, I don't know, man. The Sixers. Yeah. Sixers have some talent. They could like. If that's the if that's the Eastern Conference Finals, that's going to be a hell of an Eastern Conference. Final. It's going to be amazing. I still think that Brooklyn probably takes it in six, but let's it could go seven get, games. Let's see if they go if they play each other at all. Oh, okay, they yeah. won't find each other unless it's in the playoffs again. What a what a, what's the series split here in the uh, regular season? Beat them, Brooklyn. Brook beat them. Okay, so. And granted, that one might have been without Durant. He's only played 24 games this year. Okay. Beat him, beat him again. So the Sixers kind of have their number. Then they lost on this one. The very first, like, yeah, one of the right. very first games of the season. So you're right. Two out of three on Two the out of three. head-to-heads. Joel Embiid is balling, dude. And he's missed some time as well. Yeah, I feel like that's another thing. Is like everybody's kind of had to deal with that. It's yeah, gonna, you know. Yeah, no one's super healthy. Every team, another. yeah, every team has been missing a superstar. It's pretty yeah. interesting. Kind of makes you wonder, like, if any if any one of those teams would have been like pulled away and been that much better, or their record would have shown it a heck of a lot more. Yeah, like if Durant was healthy all year, like how far ahead would yeah. they be right now? Right, instead of a game and a half, yeah. they'd be you know yeah. four games or something. Yeah. Speaking of MVP caliber players, if you had to, we talked about this the last time, I think, but like MVP candidate, like if we pull up, we could probably pull pull up the stat sheet here. I'll do that. I mean, the way Steph's been playing lately, it'd be interesting to see if he kind of his his names in, in, in the mix there at the end of the, come the end of the season. Um. All right. Go. Uh, Actually, go back to where we were and just click step. Yeah, I want to say something here. Bradley Beal still leading. Steph's creeping on him, dude. <laughs> the last time we talked, Steph was like sixth in scoring. He's he's improved his average by that much. Average points per game. But Bradley Beal still sits at the top in points. Not that points are everything, but... but um. Yeah, Giannis is up there at the top. Big game, Dame. Luca, you've been talking about Luca a lot lately. Yeah, he's creeping in there. Three pointers made, five point two per game, bro. That's one point two more than any other guy. And the next guy in line is Buddy Heald. Yeah, Dame and Buddy are tied at four. That's crazy. Uh, assists. Westbrook, Trayon, Draymond, Luca. So interesting. Luca's top five in scoring, top four in assists per game. Something to be said for there. Yep. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting. Uh, yeah, it. That is kind of like. 
Steph, depending on how the Warriors do in the playoffs, I mean, where are they at? Oh, man, what if Steph makes a deep run to the playoffs? Uh, then you give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you can't. Because he's missed time, too. Yeah. yeah. And he's, his, his roster's at half strength. Yeah. It's crazy how important that guy is to a Dude, team, man. He's, you can't deny him anymore. I mean, but it's also fair to say on the flip side of it, like not having Clay Thompson in the mix also is like, it's hurt. It Hell very yeah. much hurt them. They might be, they might be in the top six right now if they have a healthy Clay Thompson, and the rest of that team is still there, dude. But they probably, if if Clay was healthy, I don't know that they would have acquired Kelly Oubre. So they still would have been great, but yeah. But it's tough. It's tough to like. Yeah. How do you? How do you? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. So if you're picking a team. Or teams, like to make a playoff run and win the conference, possibly an NBA championship right now. Who you, who you got? One from each. One from right. each. Uh, this is a cop out, but I'm picking Brooklyn for the East. Okay, it's freaking fair because they're number one. If KD comes back and they're already number one, it's over. Um, for the West, I don't. I'm picking the freaking maps. To make a run. To make a run. They're wow. right in the middle. Number six. Ten wow. games behind number one. You guys heard it here first on making <laughs> the cut, guys. But I picked Corbin Travis last year. They keep pissing me off. Golden State. Uh, I'm not going to pick the Spurs. The Grizzlies, Portland, and Dallas are all kind of like interchangeable at that point yeah. to me. Then you get into the Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers. Yeah. So I don't want none of that. I'm going to go with the Mavs. Okay. Okay. I'll double down on the Luka. Okay. He's doubling down on Luka, Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, I think that, I don't know that Durant's going to get healthy enough Ooh. to really, I, I, I think it really hinges on how, like, does he play two games and sit one out? Play two games, God. sit one out? Like, I think it really, really, is up in the air. And the fact that the Sixers have kind of had their number of the regular season with Embiid back too, that certainly helps. Um, they're, a, they're a big, tall team, you know? Yeah. Not that most NBA teams aren't, but uh, they, they just, shoot, I mean, they got the tallest and biggest point guard in the NBA. So, you know, um, I see that being, you know, what come Come time to play like defensive basketball, I see how that could probably yeah, that's gonna be. Co- probably create some problems. Um, so I'm I'm taking the Sixers, man. If I'm taking a I team like from it. the East right now, I think I'm taking the Sixers. Um, from the West, I really, really think, really, really think that there is not a chance that the Lakers don't end up in the Western Conference. I just. Yeah. Even with the injuries, I'm not saying that they're going to go to the championship, the NBA championship. I could see like how that, that might, they might fall short. You know, freaky stuff. Inj- injuries maybe catch up to them down the road too. But I just don't see how there's a way with all the talent that they have on that team that they can't make a run and get into the uh, Western Conference Finals. So I'll say that now. They get there, and we have another episode between now and then, which we probably will. Yeah. 
I'll be like, oh, I was right. And it's not really like, a, <laughs> you know, an incredible pick. But based on the fact that they're sitting 36 and 25 right now. Yeah. Fifth. I'll take their chances. I'll take the chances of them, the odds of them getting to the Western Conference Finals. I'd be curious what they are right now. I'd probably take that bet in Vegas too. Put 20 yeah. down to see what. Just to see it. It's probably not much, but I'd put 20 down to see what happens, what I could turn it into. That, yeah, that'd be interesting. I like it. Well, shoot, man. We got one segment left. Uh, walk-offs. Ooh, got yeah. a couple of walk-offs that we wanted to talk about. We introduced this segment on the last episode. As a reminder, uh, as many people know that are sports fans, a walk-off is typically referred to uh, in, uh, it's a term used in baseball, when the game is ended by a hit that uh, plates a runner, whether that be a solo home run, a blooping single into left, or a grand salami. Or a bunt, bunt. Or a suicide, suicide squeeze. Yes, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've kind of turned our term of walk-offs into just something that's super great. They kind of finished something very quickly in fashion. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a, a true walk-off uh, in baseball, although I'm sure eventually, now that baseball season is upon us, um, might see some. We might, we, might, we might see some and reference some as our walk-offs of each uh, each episode and segment, but what's uh, what's your walk off uh, this uh, this episode? This man? episode, it it took me. I had to do a little quick digging, very very last minute. Mine is Luka Doncic, where I'm picking him for MVP. I'm picking him for oh, the wow. freaking finals. Here we and go, he folks. You heard it here first. The game winner against the Grizzlies, which I believe they were ranked slightly below. Um, Luca cashes a wonderful game winner from beyond the arc. He catches the inbound. I'll give you a play by play. One dribble, one foot. Hail Splits Mary! The defender. Hail Mary! Between two defenders for the switch, and boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, game over. So I mean, <laughs> demoralizing, demystifying. Well. Very mystifying. Actually. Truly, truly incredible. Just a weird, just a weird human being who can do things like that. So that's a hell of a walk off, man. That that looks like that was April fourteenth. Yeah, against the Grizzlies. Just here a couple weeks back, man. Yeah, Dallas was down one eleven to one thirteen. Game over. Luka Doncic, we salute you with yeah. one of our walk offs of the episode. Baby. Well, my walk-off uh, actually comes from the game of golf. Hats off to Stuart Sink, who uh, capped off a record-breaking week. Not only was it a record-breaking week from HBC Heritage, uh, or the RBC Heritage um, event, this was the first time I think he'd actually won in 11 years on the PGA Tour. Wow. He's won, I believe... Is it two or three times since his son became his caddy? Oh, cool, man. And this event that he just recently won was like the biggest payout he'd had in like wins combined in the last like however many years. Wow. If you read the article, it's on ESPN.com. It's a great article. Pretty cool article because it's sort of family oriented too. So it's a feel good story. You know, anytime you can break 
break that kind of streak and then all of a sudden gain momentum from it, that's a walk-off for me, buddy. Yeah, it is a walk-off. So my walk-off of this episode is uh, Stuart, Sink win- Stuart Sink's win at uh, the RBC Heritage event. And you're right. He won $1.278 million, mm. nearly as much as the $1.404 for his two previous victories. At Harbortown combined. Combined. Yeah. Pretty wild. So. Oh, earned an exemption into the U.S. Open at yep. Torrey Pines. Yep. First Open. Which uh, I think there's... Oh, he's only a former like... British Open champion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, did he's, I mean, he's a well-known name in golf, but he's just been on kind of like a, a wild ride for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, they, they, there's a reason they call it an up-and-down sport, man. Yeah, exactly. So, well, holy hell, man. That was Episode a, 21 that in was the books. Freaking whirlwind. Making the cut with Corbin Trev. Appreciate you guys all tuning in. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at Making Cuts. Uh, we will be back here with another episode uh, to follow episode 21, April Showers equals KO Powers. Absolutely. We, we might have to get in here in May or something. They're Probably. Gonna have, we're going to have, we're gonna have a lot to talk about here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Draft is going to have come and gone. We're already a month into baseball, so we can talk a little, talk a little baseball, up. how that's shaping up. At that point, NHL uh, playoff hockey will be in full. F- what have I said about playoff hockey? It's, it's the, the best thing. Best. It's the best sport you can watch. Uh, come playoff time, and you, you, all you folks in Washington, you better get your. Yeah, you, you better put your hockey hats on because we're about to have an NHL franchise here uh, in less than probably two months uh, because they're going to have the NHL expansion draft, I believe, in June or July. So that's going to be here before you know it. Right. All of a sudden you got all sorts of conjecture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, and it's just, so we're going to be swiping guys from every single team. Yeah. So it's going to be cool. Yeah. It's going to be, we're going to try to put together a team already that could potentially make a run for a Stanley cup championship in year one. See if they can pull (laughs) off what the Vegas Knights did. (laughs) Dude. So to close it off, I've watched, um, last fights, at my next door neighbors and uh his his gal is uh from vegas and she's a huge vegas knights fan so awesome we were, he's got an incredible setup and he was watching the vegas knights game nice so anyways right weird. on all of a sudden that that universal oh yeah freaking cork quantum stain mm. just hit the seattle um glitch in the matrix yes exactly yeah. so yeah expect big things will i will i will (laughs) appreciate you guys yeah thanks for tuning in guys we'll uh we'll catch you on the flip side and uh everyone be safe be well and enjoy uh the rest of your week absolutely take care everyone cheers